Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is, you are tuned in to the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast coming to you live from a different Sarasota, Florida weather-wise, I should say. We are gracing for the expectation of some rough weather for the next couple of days. Hopefully we are not impacted, but we are here to bring you the latest to keep you informed and to help keep you safe on everything in the world of news, weather, and especially what we do here, sports. I am yours truly, the X-Factor, Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill. And boy, oh boy, has it been a big past seven days for us. Congratulations are in order to the Cardinal Mooney Cougars football team going up to Tallahassee taking on Trinity Catholic in what was a 31-27 to classic, folks. One of the best high school games you will ever see. And Cardinal Mooney pulled it out. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Great turnout in Tallahassee. James was there providing coverage on both days that both Cardinal Mooney and Venice played. We're going to touch on the Indians in a second. But we want to put all our focus right now on Cardinal Mooney. A lot of good local reaction here as well. A watch party at the Miller's Ale House on B Ridge Road. A lot of excited fans there, alumni, even some from that 1972 championship team. James, I also understand that some members from the 1972 team also traveled with the team to Tallahassee but a huge congratulations to coach Clark and all of those players definitely that's what we call a a memorable moment Uh, they were able to get something done that every team in America you know made a goal to hey we're going to win states and we're going to do xyz to get there and Cardinal Mooney showed up they weathered the storm they got through the season and when it was time to play, they played really well. They made some plays, and they walked out of there with that beautiful trophy, and uh, they will never forget that. Very, very good. I, I'm, I can only tell you the reaction here in the community. It was a very beautiful thing to see, James. I've been here nearly five years now, and, you know, when Venice wins a state championship, there's good reaction from the community behind that, especially those folks down there in South County. But we've come used to Venice making it at least that far up to this point. This team had not played in nor won a state championship since 1972. Now, as I told you guys before, I'm a history buff. I was a history minor. I've always had love for history. My favorite subject in school was always history. Even though I was good in math, not the best science student, Loved English, but history is where it was for me. And we're going to run through this thing one more time just so you understand how significant 51 years is. All in the Family was the hit show on TVs across America. Sanford and Son was making its way to being a hit show on TVs across America. And before I go any further, let me also say um, condolences and rest in peace to the family of Norman Lear. Norman Lear passed away last week. He was the producer and creator of most of those shows in the 70s, All in the Family, Sanford and Son, Good Times, The Jeffersons, so many others to name as well. Just wanted to make sure that we made note of that as well because, ironically enough, James, it was after I did my story about Cardinal Mooney last Monday, 
the Monday before the Monday that just that just passed when I was talking about how they're going for their first state championship in 51 years. And I created a graphic in our array in our studio. And the first image you see is an image of all in the family. And just a few days later, the creator of the show passes away. He was 101 years old, lived a wonderful life, but just wanted to make sure that we made note of that as well. But back to the historical references here for a second, folks. Richard Nixon was the president. You probably saw that I had that in the graphic as well. The Vietnam War was not officially over yet. There, the point that I'm trying to make to you is there's a lot that's happened in 51 years. Here's the last point I'm going to make on it. The Pittsburgh Steelers still curtain dynasty had not officially started yet in 1972 yeah it was definitely that's a good one that that's serious business right there wrap your brain around that right think about that steel curtain wasn't there yet and i'll drive it home even further back in those days i was so little i was creating problems with smelly diapers and i had milk breath and, you know, that's, that's, you talk about the early 70s. That's how long ago it's been. And those gentlemen were on the sideline up in Tallahassee. They accompanied the team, and they went up there, and this group of, of, of players was able to win a state championship in front of those iconic men. Very special. Absolutely. And I had the pleasure of being able to actually meet some of those gentlemen last week. They couldn't be more excited. I mean, you never know where life is going to end up taking you. And for them to still be connected to this community 51 years after bringing the inaugural championship and something else interesting that I learned last week as well for the city of Sarasota, not Sarasota County as a whole, but for the city of Sarasota, Cardinal Mooney is the only high school that has delivered state championships here. Now, that's serious, and when you think about that, as I just said earlier, wrap your, braining ar- wrap your brain around it, right? In the old days, Sarasota High School was very good in sports, and they're working on it now. And then what you, when you look at Riverview, you know what type of student body they have, the coaching, th- their program. You know what they're all about. They're, the Rams are really good. And just to have the fact that Cardinal Mooney is the only team in the city limits to deliver on a state championship like that, that's pretty serious in recent times. Very serious business right there. Once again, I wish, I, I, I hope that for the holidays, some of these local sports bars, some of these local restaurants, I hope that they have the playback of the game and they're able to just show it in the bars. Because, I mean, like I said, Following just along online, James, you were there in person, so you got to experience how much of a classic this whole thing really was. The two major plays that stand out, and, and you've discussed those, uh, at the end of the game, right? First of all, their running game is phenomenal. Carson Beach, he can really, really run the football, and so he's able to set the tone just by running the ball. So now the defense has to keep honest and stay at home and worry about him. But then you also have some athletes on the on the outside, right? And so you have uh, Mr. McCorkle, who made a name for himself, and you will hear about this gentleman going forward. Uh, he will get offered 
you know, I, I look at it like this. That catch that he made, and this is just me, that catch is arguably worth 15 college offers, right? Because somebody is going to see that, and somebody is going to like what he's doing in the game of football. But you think about how they established the run. You think about their quarterback, Mr. Michael Valentino. He's able to get the ball around to guys. And then you think about their receivers. Now, what's interesting about this team is their receivers are players that play both ways. They're really defenders who are SEC caliber players who you will see in Columbia, South Carolina, Mr. Lang with the Gamecocks, and you'll see Teddy Foster in Florida. And by the way, signing day, and we'll have that for you next week on the 20th. So you have both of these gentlemen who are, are your defensive backs. You can't – it's hard for you to get past that secondary, let alone when they do play offense and special teams, they're able to score. So Cardinal Mooney is a really good team. But to make a long story short, memorable moment, they had to make a play. And when, when the quarterback, Valentino, goes over the top and he finds – his main man there and Mr. McCorkle, he makes the catch, runs in. That's, that's worth a state championship. And then also uh, Trinity has one last chance, and they basically throw a Hail Mary, and they go over to the right pylon, and who else is there? These guys are athletic. Mr. McCorkle, along with uh, the gentleman that's going to Florida, uh, Mr. Foster, they drop back. It's a Hail Mary and some of the guys from, from also from Trinity are there. But when the ball comes down, McCorkle makes back-to-back -back plays. And that was a special thing. Very, very iconic. And, and again, Cardinal Mooney and what Coach Clark is able to do and what they've done, well-deserved. They took care of business. And for those listening to this, you might go back and you – because I know at this point we've aired – the catch and the interception so much and you may look at that and say oh those are just routine football plays but you have to consider the magnitude of the moment this is a state championship game and for him to have the mental fortitude and awareness to not allow the moment to be big to him that's huge that's going to stand out big to college scouts and college recruiters so and Mr. McCorkle also was our athlete of the week as a result of his performance in the state championship game so congratulations to him and James I've also learned, because we had the pleasure of having Cardinal Mooney here for a live interview, Coach Clark and Mr. Valentino, Mr. Foster, some more of the players joining us live in studio. We want to thank those guys for taking the time out of their busy schedules to come and chat with us on Tuesday during our 7 p.m. newscast. I've learned that Michael Valentino actually played the entire state championship game with a broken hand. Now that's huge, and that's incredible. Think about that, and I'm going to go back to what I've been saying all day. Wrap your brain around it. He threw one of the biggest passes of his life, and he had a broken hand, right? He has a broken hand on one side and a good hand on the other, and he's out there making plays, and, I mean, what an experience and, and what an opportunity for those guys. That's, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And Cardinal Mooney is going to have a community championship celebration happening at their football field this upcoming Tuesday, the 21st. Or, no, it's going to be the 19th. Excuse me. 
the December the 19th at 7 p.m. We will be there to bring you the coverage of that. Just absolutely a great time of celebration for the community. Not so much down in South County, though, unfortunately. Um, the Venice Indians, we found out last year that what Lakeland did was not a fluke, James, unfortunately. Lakeland and Venice battling for most of the part in what was a back-and-forth contest that saw the scores go back and forth for a big chunk of the game. But Lakeland ends up winning this one 60-48, to 48, and it's amazing that this many points were put up on the scoreboard, especially on the part of Venice, because from what I was last watching, it was in the fourth quarter. I don't know exactly how much time it was. You were there. Of course, you'll speak on it in a moment. The score was 46 to 28 on max preps for the longest. And when I was in communication with you, just trying to get the final score so that we could send out a push notification, letting the viewers know, hey, here's your final, because I didn't know how much time was left in the game. But at that point, the score was 46 to 28 in the fourth, and I pretty much had already made up, okay, Venice is more than likely going to lose this game. Let's just wait for a final score, and we'll get out the push notification. And when you told me the final score was 60 to 48, I just got to know, what exactly happened to the point that even that many points were able to be put up on the board? Yeah, Venice was down. Well, when you go back to halftime, everything was working fine for both teams. So then it was time for adjustments. So when you got into the third quarter, at that point, Venice was on like the 45. And at some point, there was a flag thrown. That flag move them back 15 yards, right? And so at that point, Lakeland, a power running game, they ran the ball first down. Then on a, on a play after that, one of the, the running backs was able to pull the defense all the way over to the, right, to the left hash, the defense right hash, and freeze in the act of running and as the defense shifted over, lean back, after, as the defense shifted over, he was able to stump and cut over. And when he cut over, he was a, it was a foot race. He went around the wide side and ran in and scored. Now, that's symbolic of a play because the timing of it really, 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 really hurt Venice in terms of that flag and that play because Lakeland, it was third down. They were in a situation where they were going to punt the football and then Venice had some momentum going on at that time. And that kind of shifted things. And so after that, Lakeland pretty much got it going and a few busted plays, they kept, they scored. And then Venice was down and Venice was able to score a couple times. Uh, Gator scores a running play, and and Venice tries to get back into the game. Uh, Zy Carl uh, is able to run one back, and all of a sudden you're looking at the scoreboard and you're trying to figure out, okay, what can they do to win? But the problem was then you were also looking at the, the, the clock of the game. And then as time was ticking, that reality started to set in that there's really not enough time to come back. 
you know, we'd have to stop them, run it back, stop them again, run it back again. And they tried. They didn't get, they didn't give up. Uh, Mr. Wilder was able to score, as I said. Uh, Zy Carl scored. It, it just wasn't enough time. They gave up 60. That's very problematic. Problematic, and we know where their focus will be this offseason in terms of where they're going to be building up their team going forward. They have some good perimeter pieces who are coming back. Jamaris Wilder is one of them. We know that they'll be losing Mr. Johnson. We know that they'll be losing Mr. Lester. We know all of this. But they have some good pieces going forward with the offense. Defensively, they, they, they've got some things to patch up there, and it sounds like it really starts in the trenches. They, it sounds like they really got to get that front seven patched up and getting back to going. But, you know, it'd be reminiscent if we did not say congratulations to Lakeland, especially me, because I thought that Venice was going to somehow run away with this game. What's interesting is there's a rivalry going on, even though it doesn't happen until late in the season, the state championship. In 2021, Venice was able to beat Apopka, in the state championship, 2022, they played. Uh, they played Lakeland, right? And Lakeland has a, a very rich history, and so does Venice. So these are two teams clashing, and and Venice lost that one, what 21-14. So this year they come back, and this is the rematch. And when they come back with the rematch, it's going. It's all good, so to speak, until halftime. The second half is not what you wanted and you know maybe they need to go get some linemen go get some running backs and go get some other pieces as you would say to help the trenches and to help this ball club because it's going to be very interesting and and, and Lakeland there's, there's a big else. there's a big difference in a team putting up 21 the previous year and then putting up 60 in the next year uh, Lakeland proved that they are indeed no slouches. They are no flukes. They are now nine-time state champions. So they are truly a force to be reckoned with. So congratulations to Lakeland, but also congratulations to the Venice Indians on another good season. I mean, they entered that game on a 12-13 to 13 game winning streak. Transfer portal. We hear that term at the intercollegiate level. But in high school, things have changed. Players transfer to go seek a better opportunity. So for Lakeland, they had some transfers in there, and so did Venice, and so did every school out there. But transfer portal or transfer student is a key as you look at what, what that looks like next season. Transfer students, there it is. Yes, uh, once again, uh, congratulations to the Venice Indians on a good season. We'll see what they end up doing in terms of shoring up that defense and making another run at what they hope will be another fourth state championship game next year. But, of course, this time with actually being able to bring home the gold as they did in 2021. And, of course, congratulations to Cardinal Mooney on bringing home the gold. And we look forward to seeing how they will make efforts to make sure that it will not be another 51 years for another state championship to come. But, James, you and I have also had the opportunity to go out to see some basketball this week. Man, we got some good teams here on the Sun Coast. I got to tell you, I had a chance to check out the Braden River Pirates last night, their JV team and their varsity team. And 
they got some guys who can really shoot that thing. I mean, when you play Braden River, you your perimeter defense is going to have to be there. You cannot leave those guys wide open. They took on a Bradenton Christian team that came into the game last night undefeated, and they beat them, and they, they, they beat them pretty soundly. You know, what's interesting about the Suncoast is there's a lot of good athletes here, and football is really key. But they play basketball down here, too, on the west coast of Florida, and they play at a pretty high level. I was able to get a look at Booker High School, their boys' team. They have a 6'5". He can run the floor. He can get tip-ins. He can shoot the ball, hit free throws. Uh, Nice young man, runs the floor. He's interesting for Booker, uh, so we'll keep our eyes on him. Uh, they, they were actually in a blowout victory over DeSoto on, I want to say that was Tuesday night. And it was earlier this week. But make a long story short, uh, that was an interesting game. They ended up scoring 89, uh, but they could have went well over 100. But they talked about sportsmanship and not disrespecting the game and not disrespecting uh, DeSoto, who came over from Arcadia. Also, uh, Palmetto, their girls' team, was, was, is a very interesting team. They were on the road in Bradenton at Southeast, and that was a good game and a good opportunity to kind of see what, what the girls are doing this year. And, and they got up and down the court. They hit some shots, and Palmetto will be a team we'll keep our eye on. They have a good coach, and, and, and Southeast has a great history. So, again, there's a lot of good teams around here. Uh, Cardinal Mooney's good. There's some good teams around here, and we look forward to it. Uh, The Riverview girls are also going to be a team we continue to keep our eye on. You're going to hear more about them next week. I have a story coming up with them. The coach is doing a great job over there. Those girls are undefeated. (laughs) I I don't know if I made mention of this the last time we were here, James, but I'm going to do it again just in case. And for those who may be hearing this for the first time, I mean, make sure your ears are open for this because I'm not exaggerating what I'm about to say. I had a chance to go out last week and watch the Riverview girls play against Newsom. Newsom only scored four points in the entire game. The final score was 55 for Riverview, Newsom four. So they are putting a huge emphasis on defense on that team, to say the least, because I, I told you, I saw turnover after turnover after turnover that was created. It wasn't turnovers in terms of people who were just playing loosey-goosey basketball, loose hands, and they just lose the ball. No, they were kind of cradling and cornering these girls in a way to where they're trying to get the outlet pass up to their teammate, and it's just not happening. So there is a huge emphasis on defense and physicality on that team. They also do a good job of finishing as well. I'm pretty sure that... There's been a big emphasis in practice, though, since that game on the layup drill. Because I told you, I saw a lot of missed layups in that game, too. Folks, the score could have easily have been 75-4. to I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating what I told you right now. 
it was 35 to 4 at halftime and I'm not ashamed to say it James I, I left at that point because I'm like this th- there will not be a comeback in this game what I did not expect however is for there to only be four points for the entire game that all came in the first half so that's going to be a team to watch out for the Sarasota girls team is also going to be a team to watch out for as well our uh, colleague and good friend Sterling Kaplan he went out and he was able to cover them last night I believe they played uh, Paul Meadow That girls team there The the score at the end of the first quarter According to Sterling Was 32-3 In favor of Sarasota I told you last week They play defense They get blocks They get steals They make a lot of of three-point shots So, you know, we're excited to continue to bring you the action we're seeing on the hardwood as well Seeing some good soccer action as well I had a chance to go out to Booker yesterday evening uh, not too far removed from this time, to be honest, at the time of this recording on December 15th here. They look they look good with what they're doing out there as well. Um, pretty even matchup from what I was... It's, it's hard for me to make a judgment off of two teams for, based off the conditions that we were dealing with yesterday, though. It was around 4.30 in the afternoon, and the winds were picking up heavily outside for both sides and like that has an impact on how that ball is going to land out there on the field and where that ball's going to go next and you may be thinking that you're kicking to the right and it may go to the left and you have no control over that so had a chance to get out and see them the Braden River boys they looked pretty good last night as well I uh, had a chance to step out there after halftime of the basketball game the score was 4-0 to zero in favor of Braden River last night. I believe that was Southeast that they were playing. If not, they were playing the Knowles from somewhere, folks. And the, to be able to score four goals in a high school game, that's pretty impressive when a lot of these scores can end up being in a tie of 0-0. Zero to zero. That's very impressive. Uh, and when you think about soccer or, or football, if you will, uh, it, it's the world's most famous sport. And, and they play that, too, here on the Sun Coast. A lot of diversity, and there's a lot of good athletes who prefer to play soccer. Uh, it, it's an international game. It's a game that is fast-paced, and a lot of different type of players can play and help those teams. Uh, and, and it's hard to follow the action because it's constantly moving. It's, uh, it's, it's moving. It's, it's, it's moving and, and there's a lot of good players, and it's going to be a very good season uh, as we bring you all the sports uh, and many sports here on ABC7 Sports. I uh, had an opportunity to see Manatee High School, their soccer program, and they're building that soccer program up, and they're working on that program, and, and they should be good. Uh, and by the way, I will have a story on that at some point. Um, they're interesting. Uh, their coach is very interesting. So look forward to that. Uh, yeah, soccer is going to be good on the boys' side as well as the girls. Uh, and, and we look forward to bringing you that as well. And think about something that James just said here, folks, how it's hard to follow the action, which I can attest to. It is, it is, it is hard to keep up with the action of what's happening out there. Imagine being out there and actually playing in that game. I told you, um, the endurance that it takes to be able to play that sport is absolutely incredible on any level, whether it's professional, collegiate, high school, peewee leagues, AAU, travel ball, whatever it is. It's in, you, you have to make sure that your body is in shape 
to do all of the running that is required when it comes down to soccer. And, of course, take the physicality that can come with it too, but especially all of the running. Definitely. You know, soccer is a fast-paced game, and it requires uh, uh, endurance. It requires you must be in shape because you're constantly running, and the field is large. It's big, and there's a lot of space to cover. And, you know, you talk about, you know, proper equipment with shin guards, the kicking game, and, and as Xavier said earlier, that ball can go anywhere with wind gust and just the way the ball is designed. Uh, you have to kick it a certain way, and the players are really good, and kudos to them. Uh, soccer is a special sport, and uh, we look forward to covering it. One more note we want to make mention of before we get out of here, folks. We'll be back next week with one more special holiday edition of the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. Uh, big breaking news out of the NFL today. Brandon Staley was fired as the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, and Tom Telesco was also let go as the general manager as well. And after last night, I have to say, I mean, I cannot fault the Chargers for either one of those decisions that happened. It was an absolute abject disaster what happened on Thursday night football last night. No Justin Herbert, the starting quarterback of the Chargers, was not playing. He's out for the season with a broken finger on his uh, throwing hand. Keenan Allen, their star receiver, also did not play. Mike Williams has been out all season. Derwin James, the Florida State sensation, has been in disappointment all season. I really feel horrible for Khalil Mack. He has had a career-like season, and it has just been awful all the way around with the rest of the team. I bring up this point to say we have no idea what's going to happen with the winner of the NFC South. Right now, the Tampa Bay Bucks have the lead with a 6-7 and seven record, tied with the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints, but the Bucks hold the divisional advantage. Unfortunately, somebody has to win that awful NFC South division. We know that the Carolina Panthers are not going to win it. At this point, they're going to have the number one pick that's going to go to Chicago because that was a part of the trade that it took to be able to acquire the number one pick this past offseason to acquire the draft rights to the number one overall pick that is Mr. Bryce Young. But I'll say right now, folks, do not give up on Bryce Young just yet. I hear people that are writing him off. When you get the right infrastructure in the building around that young man, he's going to show you why he was the number one pick. But I say all of this about Brandon Staley to say I don't know what's going to happen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and if they're going to bring Ty Bowles back as the head coach. If they win their division, and they're able to make the playoffs, maybe they keep him, maybe they don't. Um, whatever you do, do not bring Brandon Staley into the building because um, the Las Vegas Raiders, who did not put up a point just five days ago against a Minnesota Vikings team that saw Justin Jefferson go down early in the game. It was his first game back for since maybe week two, week three, I believe. It's been a lost season for the man who's arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL when he's healthy. They lost Kirk Cousins midway through with the torn Achilles. The, uh, the, the feel-good story that that is the Vikings quarterback – the young man's name is slipping my name. Josh Dobbs. The feel-good story that was Josh Dobbs is a feel-good story no more. Uh, the final score in that game was 3-0. to zero. So the Vegas Raiders and the Chargers took the field on Thursday Night Football last night. There weren't many expectations going in. 
Aiden O'Connell is the starting quarterback of the Raiders. They're hoping he can possibly be the future. I don't know. Easton Stick is the starting quarterback for the Chargers. We we know that that just that that is Justin Herbert's team. So it honestly wouldn't have surprised many of us if we ended up with a very similar score last night just simply because those teams are not at full strength and they're having disappointing seasons. The score at halftime was in favor of the Las Vegas Raiders who were up 42 to 0. I'm going to say that again. The score at halftime last night for a team that could not put up a point last week, just four days removed from that game, actually, where they lost 3-0. to zero. They put up 42 points in the first half last night to the Chargers 0. The final score of the game was 63-21. to 21. James, if I'm being a poor sport with what I'm about to say here, so be it. I was rooting for the Raiders to get a 70-point game last night. I'm like, hey, you know what? We, we got a 70 spot earlier this season for the first time in over 60 years. Why not get two? Why not have this be the first NFL season since the merger era where there are two games where one team scores at least 70 points to send Brandon Staley packing and on his way? And I thought maybe he would have been able to see the season through, but after you have a performance like that where the team clearly has quit on you, you can't allow him back in the building. I don't even know if he was allowed back on the team playing last night. I know if I was the owner, I would have just told him, listen, we'll call you an Uber. Um, meet us back at the office. There will be a nice severance package for you. And for the holiday season, you can solely focus on being a family man and being with your family. And you don't have to game plan for games that week because it is no longer your job. So whatever the Tampa Bay Buccaneers decide to do, do not bring the stench that is Brandon Staley in that building. Tom Telesco is actually a good general manager, but... I can understand why he was fired last night because when you pass over the opportunity to hire a Brian Dayball who is doing a decent job right now with the New York Giants. I know they have a 5-8 and eight record right now, James, but he's winning games with Tommy DeVito as his quarterback. That tells you all you need to know. They're 5-8. and eight. They're on a three-game winning streak. But the biggest cardinal sin of them all, in my opinion, is you had a chance to hire Sean Payton, who wanted that job, who has a history of being a quarterback whisperer. We saw what he did with Drew Brees in New Orleans. I believe in Justin Herbert. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks, and I believe he would be doing a sensational job with that young man right now. And this is coming off of the heels of a Chargers team that went to Jacksonville to face the beloved Jaguars, and they were up 27-0, to and they ended up losing that playoff game. I would have fired Brandon Staley after that, and that job automatically would have been Sean Payton's. But they did not make that decision, so that is why Tom Telesco is without a job this afternoon as well. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Whatever it is that you decide to do, do not Miami Dolphins, you as well, because we know that there are many defensive assistant positions that could be available, James, and this uh, all these different positions that could be available. Jacksonville may also be looking to fill in a spot here pretty soon on their defensive staff. Do not bring Brandon Staley to the state of Florida. We will be just fine without him. Yeah, you know, the NFL is you talk about health and you talk about injuries. These guys go down all the time. And when you don't have the personnel, you're not going to be able to do the things you want to do to win games. So the other guys, the backups, have to step up. And when those backups don't perform and when those teams are not clicking, it's not going to be the outcome they want. And obviously, that's, that's a, a recipe for disaster. And uh, we'll keep our eyes on the NFL 
And this is the time of year when you want to get, win games. You know, what, what is Dallas going to do? You know, how is Trevor, what's going to happen in Jacksonville, you know, and this NFC South, that's always a dogfight there. You know, Atlanta, the Dirty Birds, and then also Tampa, what are they going to do? And the Saints, you know, so we'll keep our eyes on that. But, folks, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We got to get out to some action on the hardwood this evening that we're going to be bringing to you tonight on Friday night game night right here on ABC 7 News at 11. You will want to tune in for that. But thanks once again for listening. I am yours truly, the X Factor, Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill. And we will see you next time.